What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. I got a brief episode for you today, but it is an episode at that. I just kind of want to give you guys a like a state of the union sort of thing. I haven't made an episode in two or three weeks now. I've been taking some time off, you know. Uh, it is a lot of work editing all these little videos and like putting it all together and getting it on YouTube and get it on Podbean, getting it all out to Apple and all that stuff. So I did underestimate how much work the podcast life would be about, but I'm enjoying it. I loved it. I love doing it. I love having great guests. It's fun. So this week we were supposed to have Underground Spring House, but they rescheduled for next week, which is no problem. So we're doing that next week. And then after that, we're going to do my current band. I have a new band, by the way. Three awesome dudes, Mr. Connor Anchorage, Trey Perry, and Bryce Burnett are going to come in, and we're going to do a band episode, talk about the aspirations of the band, upcoming shows, that sort of stuff. I'm very excited about that as well, as well as Underground Spring House, because they're an awesome band that you should listen to if you haven't checked them out yet. So that's what's coming up on the podcast in the upcoming weeks. In the meantime, we're mid-election. It's November 4th, by the way, and you should be seeing this by November 5th. And mid-election, we don't know who won. So I probably wouldn't have much to say depending on who won. You know, I wouldn't comment on it. I try to keep it in the music on here. But yeah, that's pretty much what we got going. Just stick with me. Got more episodes on the way. Uh, working on it. Until then, I wanted to give you guys a little something to nip on until then, which will be this brief episode. I'm going to do, this is the Behind the Music series I'm starting. So I'm going to do little informationals about songs I wrote and recorded, like Too Out to Hold, Heavy Dependence, just everything I've ever put out I hope to do an episode for and kind of explain how the process went, mainly just so some people enjoy that sort of stuff and so that I don't forget, you know what I mean? It's real easy to forget who played on a song and what, what happened and how I recorded it, how I wrote it. So I'm going to start doing these. I'm excited. This is number one, and today we are doing Too Hot to Hold, which is my latest single. Hopefully you've listened to it. It's been the intro to the podcast for four or five episodes now. I think it fits really well because it's upbeat and everything. So, all right, let me knock into this thing. Too Hot to Hold. I looked it up on my phone because I I try to write lyrics out on paper, like on a notebook or whatnot. But for this one, I did it all on my phone for some reason, which is weird. But I looked it up, and it was written on March 29th, 2020. So this is mid pandemic you know what i mean well not mid beginning pandemic you know what i mean shit is starting to go crazy left and right they're canceling school people are freaking out we don't know if it's real we don't know what's happening you know what i mean and that i left athens i went home to gibson georgia and i pretty much went up my studio six six hours a day six to eight give or take and i wrote and i recorded which was awesome i enjoyed it i think it was i made a whole record and i think it was the best work I've ever done. Like I've really sat down and got it right. I think, especially on this song. And um, back to the writing. I'll start with the writing of it before I get into the recording of it. But I know I had this riff. I remember this vividly, having this guitar riff. Here we go. had that i knew it was catchy i knew it had a melody it's kind of similar to overflows one of my older songs kind of similar to heavy dependence you know I, I like to write from a riff and it's usually not soloing because that's not kind of my thing right now but um 
Yeah, I had that. I knew that was good. I knew it was upbeat. I knew it sounded like a rock song. And I'd been listening to a ton of like 80s rock, 90s rock, which is what I always listen to, but like a really 80s kind of month for me. I was really digging back into Van Halen, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard sort of stuff. Really inspired by that sort of stuff. And a lot of my songs have been really linear before this, like very 90s, like no like outburst vocally, like just... uh kind of in between the lines you know what i mean which is great i love doing it like that but this one i wanted to get a little bit more out of the lines which was fun so i remember i had that and i started once i get a riff i start looking through my phone notes and i came to the line that i knew i had and i'd been saving it and the line was what a beautiful day to take over the world still think that's a fantastic line i think i got it from a documentary i read this down Pretty sure it was a police or a Coldplay documentary. One of them said that that there that it was a beautiful day to take over the world. They had just came to America and they were going to play or whatever. I knew that was a great line. And once I have a line like that, usually it just kind of falls out of me, which is great. So I had the what a beautiful day to take over the world. What a beautiful day. Jeep top down, all American girl. And then I can just play off that, you know. And then I scrolled down some more and I saw too hot to hold. And it it just, that was it. That was all I needed right there. Once I had that chorus the verse wrote itself, which was great. The chorus did too. You know, just once you have the concept, they come out of nowhere. It's crazy. I, I love talking about this on the podcast because I don't understand it. Just you can sit there and try your if you try to sit down and write a song, that's usually when I come up with garbage, in my opinion. Like if I just, I say, Oh, I'm gonna write for 30 minutes today, that doesn't work for me. It's gotta just hit you. You know what I mean? It's gotta be there and it'll write itself in fucking 30 minutes, which is great. So, got the chorus. Got the verse, second verse, give it a little alternate, and then the arrangements, what I did after, which was the key change at the end, the bridge, and all that stuff wrote itself. I'm pretty sure I was done writing it within the end of the day, maybe another day. And I spent the next couple of days arranging it, which is great. And I like the verse too, the Pasadena crop top. I think that's visually pleasing, and it, it, it has a meaning to me that I won't really explain, but like, it all led to too hot to hold, to a girl being too hot to hold. You could do, you could date her, you could do whatever, but she'll never stay, you know what I mean? Which is the whole concept of the song, which I love. And so, moving on. I had it written March, by the end of March, April-ish, let's say. So, COVID's going on, I can't leave the house, we're on a lockdown, you know what I mean? So, I'm recording all fucking day long. I go up there and I track two electric guitars at full volume, I use a Variac and I pull the wattage down, not to get too production savvy with you all, but I turn it up all the way and then I take my Variac and I pull it down, kind of like Eddie Van Halen used to do. And I record it, I think it took me a day to do the guitars. And I love the guitar sound, it's probably the best guitar sound I've ever gotten to date, hopefully gonna get better, I'm really proud of it. I used my original red custom Berkshire guitar that I had made in Augusta. And I ne the only last time I used that guitar on a recording was Heavy Dependence. I rarely use it because it has an annotation issue, so it sounds like shit, like tuning-wise. But for this one, I made really sure I tuned for each take, and I got it right. So I do that at full volume. I try to give it the best energy I can. I'm jumping around in my little studio and having a good time with it. And just trying to make it sound like a hype song, not just me sitting down playing, which is important to me. And I don't know if I've said this yet, but I'm recording in River Rock Studio, as I call it, which is my little studio in Gibson or Stapleton, Georgia. And uh, it's just a little 12 by 12 little cabin with a computer, speakers, my amps, all that good stuff. And it's wood so that the acoustics in it are really good. 
and it's just got a homey feel. It's at, it's at the farm on home, you know, living on a farm and just hanging out in nature. It's just, it's just fucking awesome. It's a great place. Right next to the highway, it's awesome. But anyways, moving on, recording in my studio. I do the guitars, and then I send it off to this guy named Kyle May, who's in Nashville, who's a gnarly session drummer, and he's on soundbetter.com. I send it to him. He sends me back these drum tracks. They're just fucking amazing. They're just huge, man. They sound so great. It's got a gnarly little intro. Dude, it's sweet. So good. So talented. And at this point, I'm hyped. I'm like, oh, this is a heater. This is a heater right here. This one is upbeat. I love writing upbeat songs because they're fun to play live. And after that, I took a scratch vocal, which is just me singing into this mic. Um, a little crappy vocal, just one take. Not really trying hard, just to get the point across, you know. And I send it off to Tommy Trotwan for bass. I'm not sure if I pronounced his last name right, but he's over with We Bought a Zoo Records, Athens, Georgia. He's a nice guy, super talented on the bass. And he he brought in the little line, the um at the end of the intro, you can hear this little line, which he did, which I really like. He goes. Which is super dope, I think. I love that part. He did a great job with the bass track, is what I'm saying, pretty much. And he had it back to me in a couple of days, and that was the rhythm section. It, it was tight, too. It sounded really good to me. I then started tracking vocals. Really, all that was left was vocals in theory. Um, I did a shit ton of vocals for this one because I was really into Def Leppard at the time, like I said, and Van Halen, and they all do a lot of vocals. And the Def Leppard thing was the whisper vocals where you whisper into the microphone like a 15 times for left and 15 times for right. So I'd be like, what a beautiful day. Fucking until my throat hurt pretty much, which was cool. And you can't, it really kind of didn't really make the mix, but you can hear it in there if you listen. There's a whisper vocals, which not many people do anymore except for like pop, which I thought was cool. So I did a shit ton of vocals. I did thirds, I did fifths, I did whisper vocals. And I actually really loved the way the vocals came out on this. It took me a while to get the vocals right. I got a bunch of videos of me doing vocals in like several days maybe a week of vocals and I put that on YouTube which is too odd to hold recording this is a good video you should watch after this by the way on my YouTube there's a video of the whole recording process just little snippets I make which is the first time I've done that because it's a pandemic I'm bored as shit I've got this camera that you're filming on right now and I'm just videotaping everything so yeah and then the only other thing I really added was I added some harmonic overdubs on the guitars if you listen closely in the choruses you can hear it i had some claps that were some were fake some were real i did two takes on the solo um with my old guitar and the key change at the end all pretty simple stuff i did i added a synth in the bridge i don't know if i said that if you listen really closely there's a silent synth which is it's very subtle it's kind of in the choruses too but uh it just gives it a little something it's it's in the outro too if you listen closely you can hear there's a synth it just gives a little flavor i don't like it to be i'm kind of tired of just making Guitar, drums, bass, vocal song. You know what I mean? I want to be I want to be more than that. So yeah. Added that in. And I was I remember being pretty pleased with it. I remember it taking longer than it needed to. Like I I did a little more experimenting than I needed to, I guess. I remember just being tired of working on it towards the end. So I send it off to LFT Studios in Nashville where a guy named Daniel Colombo mixes it, who's super talented. I've worked with him on a previous song and songs after. Super great. He's got a pop sensibility to his mixes that I appreciate. And we talk on the phone and just get it right. I think it only took him two, maybe three tries. No, no, no. I think it was two tries. That's not, that's pretty fucking good for me because I'm picky. And I'll 
I'll wear a damn mixer out. I'll be like, yo, mix this shit till it's right, kind of, sort of. But he was super talented. He got it knocked out. And, yeah, that was pretty much the writing recording. So, yeah, once I had all that, um, got it mixed. And I, got, I remember getting the mix back, and I listened to it in my truck and just thinking, this is fucking solid. I'm proud of this one. The guitar sounded huge. The drum sounded huge. The bass sounded huge. The vocal sounded catchy, massive. I mean, I loved it. I still do. And let's see. We would skip forward now to putting it out. Uh, and then I sat on it for a while, which I've never really done. Usually it's like record it and put that motherfucker out next month, you know. So I'm sitting on it for a while. The pandemic's happening. I can't play shows. My band's kind of falling apart. We don't even really talk. So I'm like, well, I can't promote this with shows, so I probably shouldn't put it out. But then this shit starts dragging on to where shows aren't happening until next year, it seems like. One second. People are pushing tours back to 2021. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to put this shit out. It's, it feels right. I, it needs to go out in the summertime. It wouldn't be right if I put too hot to hold out in the winter. <laughs> wouldn't make sense, would it? So I put it out. I remember another thing I remember about it. I wrote this down because it was so important. It was the first song that I went to sleep the night before it came out. And I wasn't worried about it at all. I'm, I overthink things a lot. And like just about every other song I put out, I'm not going to say I wasn't proud of it but there was a little bit of doubt in me like oh people might not like this i've completely scrapped that now i fucked that mentality i'm tired of that so too hot to hold i went to sleep that night i remember thinking yeah this is a heater i don't care if anybody likes this this is a great song and i was blessed enough for people the next day to just be blowing my phone up saying it was their favorite one yet saying the sound quality was fantastic should be on the radio yada yada and i, I love that that's that's all i can ask for is that people like it and share it and enjoy it, really. I just want them to listen, you know? So, yeah, if you're one of those people or if you haven't, if you have listened to it, thank you so much because a lot of you reached out. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's all I can really ask for with a song. So, yeah, really proud, very proud, still proud of how it sounds. I listen to it. It still gets me hyped. The key change at the end is sweet, I think. It's very, uh, very 80s, I think. Very, like, Bon Jovi key change at the end sort of thing. But, yeah, I like that. And thank you guys for the love on it. Other than that, there's really not much to say about it. Uh, the cover was designed by me and Judy, my mother. We sat down and worked it out. We knew it had needed something to do with like a fire extinguisher, like something too hot. And the red color came to mind, so we went and we found a vector image and made that happen. I think it's a cool cover, too. And it is the lead single on, I guess, my upcoming EP, which is unannounced, even though I talk about it all the time. But I'm waiting on to be able to play shows again. So... That's really all I have to say about it. So, this has been a Behind the Music series, the first one, Two Out to Hold. A few other things I want to mention is I've got the t-shirts in. I order t-shirts. Anybody who follows me on Instagram saw me post about t-shirts. I have very few extras. I pre almost had, the whole order was almost pre-orders, which is awesome. Thank you if you ordered a shirt, by the way. Don't have Jameson on the Rock shirts yet, but I'm working on it. But the Jameson Tank shirts are in, and if you want one of the few extras, hit me up. Tell me you heard it on the podcast. I'll probably give you a little discount. 20 bucks, something like that. We'll call it a deal ski. Let me know. So yeah, that just keeps me going, keeps me funded, uh, keeps me available to do this sort of stuff. And in other news, we are working on new shows that I won't tell you about quite yet, but let's just say I got a new band. They're coming into the podcast next week. Underground Springhouse next week. Huge band, awesome band. Looking forward to it. 
that's it. Thank you guys for listening in. This was a solo podcast. Don't get to do these enough. But uh, yeah, we got guests coming in. Thank you all for sticking with me through these couple weeks of no posting. I mean, uh, I'm just proud that you guys uh, have enjoyed it. A lot of people taking to it. A lot of people liking it on Facebook, Instagram, hitting me up saying they enjoyed yada yada episode. And that's awesome. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. Behind the Music Series number one, episode 14, give or take. I'll let you know. Thank you guys for tuning in. See ya. Yeah.